Um, one thing you mentioned earlier is you've always had a hard time saying a good job to yourself. Um, when did that start? Did you give me one second? Yeah. Like you're asking, how do I motivate myself? Um, if I, without that, without, without this negative, uh, self-talk, you can motivate yourself by thinking about others, by thinking about your duty to others and thinking about how, um, how proud you would be of a little brother who went through the exact same story as you and all the struggles that you went through. Welcome to the Tomination Time podcast. I normally stream diet and fitness on Twitch with my waifu Helen. These podcasts will be edited portions of the stream. We'll go over diet, fitness, motivation, ergonomics, and more. Don't forget to follow us on twitch.tv slash Tomination Time and leave your notifications on for when we go live. Welcome, uh, Comrade Panda. AKA also um, goes by Siri and he is here today, a community viewer. He wants to have a chat. So uh, Siri, what do you want to talk about today? Um, so just kind of since I've been here um, and listened to a lot of the other interviews, it's been really enlightening for me uh, looking from the outside, looking in kind of perspective um, that there's a lot of things that, I've been struggling with for the past probably three or four years um, in terms of either mental health and how that's affected me physically, that I've just reached a point where it's, it's either I get help or it will break me. There is no in-between. Um, simple things like getting up in the morning um, and being motivated to do anything, um, not just eat or do anything physically, but go to work, go outside, go to the store, just basic day-to-day -day things that have become kind of a chore, you know, um, mm. that I've just reached a point of I know I need help and I don't really know where else to go. Um, so that's kind of why I'm here is it's, it's more than just fitness. It's, it's finding me again in a way. Um, one of the most eye-opening things for me, I had a call with my mom a few years ago that um, she called and said that she was concerned because I, I seemed different. And I asked her what she meant by that. And she said that uh, I wasn't as confident or as cheery as I used to be growing up. And that kind of resonated with me. And I never really understood like what she meant until this year. Uh, everything just kind of hit like a ton of bricks. <laughs> and, you're and that's to why I'm here. Yeah, like like it's been a lot of self-reflection over the last almost two years now because there isn't a lot of escape anymore. Um, and as life has become just generally really busy for me, it's become harder for me to... Um, I don't want to say accept myself, but I couldn't distract myself, I guess is the way to put it, if that makes sense. It's almost like I was always running away from problems because I can always say, well, I could just go do this instead, or I can find some other excuse to just not have to deal with it right now. But COVID has eliminated that because I can't go out anymore. You know, I can't distract myself with some other nice activity. What are you distracting yourself from? reality um the reality that i've made a lot of mistakes 
the reality that where I'm at right now is a lot um, due to choices that I've made physically, you know. Um, In high school and elementary school, I used to be pretty athletic. I used to play tennis all the time. I used to go swimming all the time. You know, I played some basketball. I was really athletic. And then I just kind of stopped. And my excuse then was, oh, my metabolism will keep me out of trouble. You know, oh, I'll just burn that off. It's fine. I don't need to work out as much. I don't need to go on runs. And then that just kind of went away. And I realized that it has this year. And it's, it's scary for me. It's scary and it's hurtful. What's scary and hurtful about that? That I'm in a position that I don't understand what to do to fix something. Um, I don't have a lot of fears about anything, but the biggest thing for me is, is not understanding either how to make something better or why something necessarily went wrong, if that makes sense. I'm fine with, if I have a plan that at the end, I don't necessarily know the outcome, but I know what I did to get there, that's fine. But I've reached a point where I almost woke up and I looked in the mirror and I hated everything I saw. You've, you've shared a lot. And... Um... There's so many different directions we can go. And thank you for sharing all that, by the way, because that's it's man, there's there's so much. I I feel like there's so much we're just scratching the surface. There's got to be a lot more um, like really deep, raw emotion and also uh, stories, some raw stories about how you're feeling. And I want to. I'm taking notes as we're talking because there's there's so many points I want to touch on. Um, and one of the points, so I want to ask you about the mirror. You said that you recently, you looked in the mirror, and you just hated everything you saw. Um, what did you see and what did you hate about it? When I mentioned, you know, the talk I had with my mom, because I'll, I'll always remember her words then what I saw when I looked in the mirror was like a shadow of what I used to be at least mentally you know um I don't I don't know if if you've done any drawing or anything like that or anything creative but one of the things that they always say about the difference between drawing as a child and as an adult is that as a child you keep all of your imagination and your cares about the world and the rules of it don't really exist. And when I looked in the mirror and looked back, I saw someone that was struggling to to just be creative and just accept that you know things may not have been perfect, but that they were fixable. Does that make any sense? It does. Like, uh, what I'm hearing is, if I can just reflect back what I've heard, what I'm hearing is a story of many mistakes were made, and you're kind of realizing these mistakes and i get the sense that you want to fix it but i want to understand more clearly um what mistakes have you made if you don't mind in terms of like overall just in life or as it pertains to like physical fitness in general whatever comes to your mind 
I wish that as a kid, I understood the value of family better. Um, not to get too deep into my past, um, I've always had to struggle. Nothing has ever been easy, you know? Like, living for me was a struggle. Um, as an infant, I was almost killed as a baby by my grandmother, right? Like, there's never been a time you, you, where, like, understand that? Like, yeah, almost, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. That's that's a bombshell. So, um, I've I never had my dad, for example. Okay, so when my mom lived with my grandmother and my older brother, we were ten years apart. Um, my grandmother was less than stable mentally and as a result um she had we'll call it an episode that almost killed me and my brother um wow um so my mom that night packed us up and we drove from arizona to delaware um and that's kind of my earliest memories of growing up was in Delaware. My mom worked two jobs, so we rarely got to see her. My brother was basically my dad. Um, so when you mentioned like my mistakes, growing up, I had a lot of resentment towards my brother and my dad specifically. Um, so I would fight with my mom all the time. I fought with my brother all the time. I wouldn't listen. And now growing up, I've realized that there's maybe some some things I, I've done that I shouldn't have, you know, like fighting with my mom all the time kind of thing that I've realized have hurt her. And that's another thing in, in the mirror that I saw was a lot of my past me and how angry I've been. And I also saw someone that was just desperate to make up for that. Um, Who was desperate to make up for that? I am. I am. So um, I work in IT. Um, I won't say for what company, but sure. I've been doing this for about five years or so now. Um, I don't make much. You know, I'm still living off of my mom's money for rent, essentially, because I can't afford where I'm at right now uh, while I'm in school. Um, and there's not a lot more that burns me to know that I can't give back because that's kind of where I'm at with life. I've accepted, you know, she does a lot for me, and I'd like to give back. And I feel disappointed that I can't, you know? Um, and I know that she'll, she'll always say she just wants me to be happy, but it's like, how can I be happy when, you know, I'm still living under your money? <laughs> You know, like I'm, I, I just turned 25 and I still can't support myself, you know, yeah. like I feel and that sense like a failure. Can I think for a second? Yeah. I'm going to have a little bit of water to keep me from crying. <clears throat> Is it okay to cry? Um, I've accepted that it's probably something that I should have done a long time ago, but I've especially this year because I've been so busy, it almost feels like I'm too busy to have an emotional, like, collapse. Does that make sense? Like, I just kind of put it in the back of my head and say, you know what, we'll deal with this when I have time again. Oh, man. 
Can I, 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 so much good stuff that there's so many directions I want to go. Um, <clears throat> how does it make you feel uh, sharing all this, by the way? Equal parts terrified, but kind of proud in a way. And I say that because there's probably a lot of people that are in my shoes that wouldn't be able to. That it makes me feel good that even if someone else couldn't express it, that they know that I understand how they feel, you know? Uh, So though I'm like, I'm petrified right now (laughs) (laughs) and fighting every tear, I promise. Um, I also know that someone has to say it, you know? Yeah. Um, Can I tell you that it's okay. You don't have to fight back tears. This, I mean, there's like two people watching. Like, I've like all, all bots. Everyone's a bot. I have like one, <laughs> one real person here uh, in chat. But um, it's, I mean, it sounds like you're very proud of that you are, by, by opening up and sharing this, you're not only helping yourself, but you're, you could be helping someone else out there. Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of why help desk doesn't bother me, even though it's a very thankless job. Mm. It's knowing that someone else needed help and I knew something that I could do to help them. That in a very small way, you know, helping someone turn something off and back on again is a very simple act. It didn't take a lot of effort, but there was someone that didn't know how to do that and it helped them, you know. It's no different than what we're doing. Can I ask you something? When did you start feeling like um, you really enjoyed helping people? Um, I've always kind of been this way. Uh, growing up, my mom thought that I would be a teacher um, because I've, I've always enjoyed taking something that seemed complex and making it more approachable. Um, so in my role, I don't just help someone with an issue. I try to teach them what happened and what they can do next time maybe stop it or maybe there's something in their workflow that they're having a hard time doing Um, even if it's not necessarily my job to tell them how to do theirs little computer tips every now and again just kind of help you know it's kind of always been there yeah that sounds really gratifying um empowering people and um yeah i I can relate to that right that's a lot about what we're about (laughs) teaching people empowering tips yeah right so i feel you on that because i'm the same way too like i love helping people it feels really good and i don't remember you know i, I don't know where it started from personal if i just self-reflect for a second it's <clears throat> i don't know maybe i got it from my dad he was very much a teacher uh he liked teaching explaining things and how things work and i think i've uh he imbued a lot of that in me and um you know one of the things i wanted to circle back to was um, I, I was hearing this story of growing up, there was there was fighting with the family. And then at some point, something changed. And you started wanting to make things up to your family. Can you help me yeah. understand that? Um, so a little a little context. Um, during that time that I was moving from Arizona to Delaware, um, we ended up moving to Philadelphia for the majority of what I can remember of my younger years. Um, And I'm sure you've heard about Philly. It's not a great place to live. It's terrible. The streets are dirty. There's drugs and gangs everywhere. I mean, my next door neighbor was a drug dealer. We found out 
a couple months after we moved away from there. Um, He'd been arrested three times on drug charges, right? Like, this is the guy that picked me up from Sunday school. Like, we were really close. Um, (laughs) Yeah, right? Um, My mother ended up using both of her jobs, and we were homeless for a stretch of time. Um, So my mom made the decision that because I was younger and I kind of needed more help, she sent me to go live with my younger brother, who we don't share the same mom, but we share the same dad. Um, So I went to go live with my dad for a stretch of time, and it made me realize just how much my mom did for us, and not just my mom, but my brother too, Um, how much effort it was to take care of me, Um, because my dad was in a position where he couldn't really do that. Um, So my little brother's mom ended up teaching me really about life you know she taught me math she taught me english she made sure that i had food she made sure that i had games to play she made sure that i went to the rec center like she was she was really she was really there um when i moved back home with my mother uh that was after about a year and a half or so um my mom had gotten a new job um everything was was fine at home but i still had that mentality of a street kid you know and I was still fighting those bad habits of wanting to talk back or not turn in homework and that kind of thing. So my sophomore year of high school, she sent me to Germany for an exchange program just to kind of get me away from everything. And when I came back, everything was different because I had so much better of an understanding of just what I was throwing away, potentially, in terms of really how lucky we are to live where we do compared to people in other places in the world. You know what I mean? Um, And pretty much since then, it's been just a constant trying to, trying to make her proud of me because my, my brother, you know, I can't help but compare myself to him. He's a, a double graduate. He's graduated from two colleges with master degrees and, You know, he worked for Boeing at a stretch of time. I think he works for Lockheed Martin now, Um, you know, and I want to be that. I want to be someone who you could say, hey, he made it, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm hearing a lot of themes of that you're very proud of him. Is is your mom proud of your brother? Oh, absolutely. Extremely. Um, But it's never been a... Oh, go ahead. I was going to ask, is your mom proud of you? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was going to be my follow-up. There's never, with my mom, she's always been really good and really tried to make the point of not making me feel like I had self-value, at least compared to my brother, um, any less value than him or anything like that. Um, but I think a lot of my pressure really just comes from myself now because I look up to him so much that... I'm putting it on myself to be like him because that's never what my mother expected. How does that make you like feel of me. thinking of that pressure that you're putting on yourself? Um, right now, it's one of the only things keeping me going. I mean, if I'm honest, you know, like it's, it's one of the only things that, that keeps me going like this year. So, um, I guess a little context again. Uh, I work full time, and I'm two uh, in two um, institutions. I'm a full time student, 
So I'm going to a community college full-time, and I do some extra training full-time. Um, so that's what I mean by this This year is particularly really busy for me. Um, so that pressure to be great is what's helping me push through all of this work I have to do. Can you help me understand the whole uh, pushing through all of this? Like, I, I, I just want to get a, a clearer sure. picture of that. Like, it's like, what would happen if that pressure weren't there, if it w- wasn't pushing you through? A uh, clear example. Um, before this year, I was taking a class at a time in college. At this rate, it would have taken me an extra two years to graduate, and I would have been completely fine with that. There was a time that I had just accepted where I was with working help desk. I got to a point where I just didn't care anymore, really. The the push to do it just wasn't there. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm I'm trying to th- I'm trying to think because it's it's been it's been a lot of a lot of things have kind of happened that have just gotten me to a point where this negative like if I if I don't do it or I don't have the pressure, then I don't know if I would do it. I don't know where it started, but that's, it's needed. It's, it's almost, it's a necessary thing. Like I can't even get out of bed in the morning without the idea of, well, if I don't, I won't make money, you know, and then I can't pay the next bill or or what's mom going to say, you know? Why can't you get Uh, out of bed? I'm tired. What are you tired of? I'm tired. I'm tired of, you know, I'll take a shower in the morning and I don't even want to look at myself, you know? Um, I'm tired of, I'll go to work and I don't, I don't necessarily believe that you have to love your job per se. Like it's a job. It's not a hobby. Um, You don't have to love your job to do it, but I would like to feel like I'm not subservient to someone in a way. Um, if, if, if you've worked, um, at all in a customer service role, I'm sure you've experienced that feeling of everything just kind of being your fault, regardless of if it is or not, right? You always have to say sorry for something. And I've reached a point where I feel less than, I just feel less than who I'm helping in a way. And I'm tired of that. I'm tired of not finishing my college work i'm tired of you know this it's just it's just it's a mountain of things i'm just kind of tired of i'm just kind of tired of all of it you know yeah um let's i want to uh try to explore that and name the emotions there so you think of tired right tired is kind of a blanket term what are the emotions involved in there in terms of how you're feeling those mornings thinking about all this but if you're not sure i can step in and try to help it's there let me know if this answers your question it's it's anger it is probably followed by depression it is then followed by like a mellow acceptance you know and then there's there's just a feeling of nothingness kind of in that order. I'll wake up and I'm I'm upset at something. I could be upset at my weight. I could be upset that I'm tired. I could be upset that 
I have to go to work that day, you know? It's it's just a general just 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 angry about yeah. things. So I'm hearing anger, depression, acceptance, and then emptiness. I, I wanna zero in on what precedes the anger. And let me try to throw out some emotions and just tell me if anything resonates because if it doesn't resonate that much then it's probably not it and uh, i'll try to help help you along see if if we can identify this um siri do you feel hopeless yeah is hopelessness that feeling that precedes the anger i would say instead of instead of it wouldn't precede it but it's before emptiness it's it's after it's after that mellow acceptance of just this just is what it is, you know? There's that hopelessness right after of it's not going to change. And then after that it's just kind of nothingness. I guess before anger, because it, it is something I guess that's close to hopelessness before anger. That's that's um if you could throw a couple more emotions at me that are similar to hopelessness, one of them will probably rank. Okay, I think I think we will get there, but I want to ask you: Why do you think? What what are you? What are you hopeless about? Are you hopeless? Your situation won't change. Yeah, I'm. I've always felt like I've never fully failed at something, but I've always known struggle. I've always struggled to get to the next thing. You know, whatever uh, it sorry. took, I, I was going I, to do it. I zoned out just for a second. Can you repeat that again, please? Sorry. I sure. Missed, that, that was yeah. an important part and I, I missed it. No, no absolutely. Um, I've never truly felt failure, but I have felt struggle. Okay. So there, there is that feeling of no matter what, I was going to get to the next, the next goal, the next step. But there's always been that that factor of well what if i don't you know what i mean it's that that's always the next creeping thought is what if it's not enough what if all of this work that i've been putting in doesn't get me anywhere it doesn't change the situation at all you know that's what i mean so that sounds like anxiety about the future that everything you're throwing in is pointless your struggles could result in failure and you're anxious about that. Does that resonate? Yeah. Depression, my depression and anxiety have probably both developed each other in a way. They kind of feed off one another. When I get really depressed, I get really anxious. Um, but my, and on the flip side, when I'm really anxious, that's how I can tell if I'm about to go into a depressive state or if I'm already in one. When did you start feeling anxious about the failure? Probably when I turned 18. And the reason for that would be when I turned 18, around, around the time that I turned 18 to 21, I had gone through a shift in thinking where life was no longer just about, okay, we'll wake up, we'll go to school, you know, I'll hang out with my friends, I'll go to my part-time job and go home, to where life was very much more life and death for me because I immediately thought of what it was like to be homeless for a while. And my next jump from, from turning 18 
was, if it doesn't work, I'm going to be homeless. That's probably where the anxiety started. I wouldn't be able to tell you where the depression started, though. That one just kind of crept up on me. I think what you said makes a lot of sense, which is you learned at an early age homelessness is a serious threat, is a serious problem, right? Not making money, yeah. not being able to provide for yourself is a serious problem. And what's what's on the other side of that? If you can't make enough money, then you uh, you got sent to your dad and life was um, not as good living with your dad, right? It kind of made you understand like how sweet life was and, and how important it is to basically never be homeless. And so I could totally see how that at a young age is echoing to today, uh, generating a lot of this anxiety. Like how you felt then as a kid, does that feeling feel the same as how you feel every morning with the hopelessness? It persists every day. The, the, the driving factor of the pressure is what helps me feel like, you know, even though like this, this year I, I talked to my, uh, my career counselor before I started my training and she asked what kind of time schedule I had. And I told her all the stuff that I was going to be doing this year. And her response was, I have no idea how you're going to do that. And I told her pressure, like the fact that I know I have to get it done will make me get it done. Because if I don't, the alternative is I'm not making the money that I need to support myself still, right? Then that snowball, uh, snowballs into I turn 26 next year. What am I going to do about insurance? What am I going to do about like all of these other things that are going to creep up that I have to get dealt with as quickly as possible? And that's where that pressure that I have to do something and do a lot of it quickly is the only thing that I can reliably say, like, I'll get up in the morning because I know I have to, because if I don't, it's homelessness. I don't envy you at all. It's a very tough spot to be in. Um, having to have a serious, practical timetable that you're dealing with and um, the, the pressure of, of the hopelessness and being stuck at jobs that sound these the, the jobs that you have they sound rewarding but at the same time it's like it, it could be hell being customer service right and so um but before we go on i want to ask have you been evaluated for depression have you You're scared to what are you scared of i had a counselor once when i moved uh, back in with my mom, we were living in Maryland at the time. And just out of curiosity, we went to go get a counselor. And we had a absolutely terrible relationship. And I, I just, I refused to deal with counseling again after that. I just, I wouldn't do it. Um, so I just don't. Can you help me understand the... Can you help me understand the bad relationship? I can do my best. Um, I've, I always have viewed, especially nowadays, but this, this started especially when I was younger. Um, I learned very quickly that anything that was going to want money from you at the end of the day was a business. 
So when I went to counseling, I didn't go with the mindset then of they wanted to help. I viewed them as someone that just wanted a paycheck, right? And that abrasiveness was already the start of a lot of just distrust with that counselor. But there was also this sense of, you know, they were just trying to just put me on some sort of medication that they weren't actually listening or even trying to offer any sort of strategies that didn't involve some sort of medicine, you know, and that really rubbed me the wrong way. Um, and pretty much since then, I just, I've not wanted to deal with it because I've always felt like you just want money from me. And if you don't want money from me, you're trying to drug me up, yes. <laughs> you know, in one way or another. And it's just, I don't want to deal with that. That sounds like a rough experience with a counselor. I'm sorry you went through that. Um, can I think for a second? Yeah, sure. The counselor wanting money from you, is that, was that a feeling or a truth? To me, it's a truth. I, I liken that feeling to how I, I view college the same way. Because initially, I, I personally wasn't going to do college. Because the way that I've always viewed that kind of thing was, you're, you're not there for my education. You're not there for my well-being. You're there for a paycheck. Whether I show up or not, doesn't impact what you get paid. It doesn't impact your, your you know, understanding of a situation. It doesn't matter to you. Um, and I get that feeling just because I've known instructors that have behaved that way, which is why it's kind of affirmed that feeling of it's just a paycheck to you. It's, it's not actually caring. Um, that's why I like talking to you is different to me because you don't get anything from it. Does that make sense? So I can be I open with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I can, I can be more open with you because there isn't that feeling of, oh, he's just there for a paycheck, you know? Um, but actually, like getting a counselor, that's, that's all I've viewed them as. It's just someone who wants money from me. Help me understand. I, I, I'm, I feel like there's a discrepancy because I, if I were an outsider, and I, mm -hmm. I, I worked at your company and I needed IT help. I called the help desk and um, the IT guy comes and helps me and he's trying to explain to me that this is how you do things. This is how you learn um, not to have these issues in the future. How does that IT guy signal to me or convince me that he's actually trying to help me? He's not trying to just, you know, has some ulterior motive. I feel like, at least for me and how I approach things, there's a difference between just trying to explain something to you with the intention of getting you off the phone and taking the extra maybe 10, 20, 30 minutes that it might be to make sure that all of your problems are fixed and you feel satisfied with that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you it's, know? If, it's, it's an approach. Do you uh -huh. know of other IT uh, folks who have that other approach where they just want to get you off the phone? Absolutely. So would you say there's a big um, variance in IT professionals in terms of like their motives, how they feel, um, you know, what motivates mm -hmm. them in their, their, their quality of how they care about their job? 
Yeah, and and it, and it's up and down the stack, right? It's not just limited to a help desk position. There's engineers with that same in it for themselves mentality, right? Yeah, and, and it go, it goes all the way up. It, it it doesn't stop at just because I'm help desk. It's just at help desk, the goal, depending on how you view it, isn't necessarily to make sure that all of the customers. I guess you can call them emotional needs are met. It's the ticket number, right? How many tickets do you close? Mm -hmm. How quickly can you get them off the phone, right? It's very metrics based. Yeah. I don't personally like that, which is why I'm trying to find my way out as quickly as I can. Right. Um, I agree with you. I think there's a huge variance in really any profession for who's going to be uh, who care really cares about their job versus who's like just treating it for numbers in it for themselves. And I, I, I believe that when it comes to counselors or therapists or coaches, doctors, I think the same thing applies there where there's going to be some who are in it for the paycheck. They just care about the paycheck. You're just a number, another ticket number to them. And there's those who will actually care about you and try to get you to help. Um, what do you think about that? I agree. And one can make the argument, right? Well, you just got a bad one. That's completely fair. That bad one, though, doesn't ruin the experience. Um, or it can ruin the experience, I should say, right? Like you get that one bad apple, and then all of a sudden you don't like apples kind of yeah. thing, you know? Oh, yeah. You can say, well, the rest of those apples are good. But it's like, but I had the one bad one. Why would I want to risk it? It's the same thing. I've, I've, I've had that one, and I'm just kind of, I just don't want to do it again. Yeah. So you get left with a bad taste and it's really hard to shake that bad taste whenever you think of apples again, right? Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I, I want to strongly encourage you to not completely shut that door when it comes to either therapy or coaching or getting evaluated by someone because, hey, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not huge on medication or pills either. If, but if someone's struggling with depression uh, and if there is a chemical imbalance and there is serious life consequences on the line, like all the stuff you have in your plate, like your cup is overflowing. Your stress cup, cup is so full. Um, two, jo right, two jobs and school. Is that full-time school load or, or just I do. I do full-time working and full-time student in both of the institutions. Yeah. And that's that's just like you have a very full cup there's yeah. like as you mentioned before there's there's little room for error um i again i'm not for one for medicating up or anything like that i'm like a huge like you know big pharma fan or something like that but <laughs> <laughs> but um i i do think that if if therapy or outside help or medication or coaching or something like that can help you through this time so you don't crack and crash under the pressure. I, I do think that's worth a consideration. I, I do um, encourage you to think about that. Um, I, I know you're like, you're busy too, right? Like it's, it's hard to find time. Yeah. It's always hard to find time. Um, but I would posit to you that if that you're walking around carrying a heavy burden, right? I get the sense that you're, yeah. you're, you're like encumbered. And you ever play any games where you have an inventory system like The Witcher 3, how 
like when your inventory is too full, you're like jogging around merrily, no problem. The moment you take on one extra stick, it's just yeah. death. And you are so yeah. slow to move. And it's just yeah. so encumbered, right? Yeah. And it and go ahead. Well, I actually I was gonna I, say I, I finish this, this this one analogy, yeah. which is removing just a little bit all of a sudden can be a massive, massive wave of relief and make you way more effective in life and in the game. And same thing with, with The Witcher, right? Just dropping that one stupid sword that's worth like, it's pretty worthless, but you still want to keep it anyway because you're a hoarder, like I, I'm a hoarder. And then you drop that one stupid sword, all of a sudden like you really are free. Like that could be such a huge wave, huge wave of relief. And if you're walking encumbered the entire game, you don't realize you're playing the game encumbered. And then like you kind of, you think that's the normal speed. You think this is life. My, my life is walking super slow. And then you forget what it's like yeah. to take out, to, to be unencumbered. You know, what do you think about that? That take take that same analogy. That's been my life. Everything has been moving at this this pace, right? Like childhood wasn't a thing for me. Very early it was about getting everything that I needed so that I didn't end up either like my dad or on the streets. That's always been the mentality of moving at this kind of frantic pace, right? Um I've never known what it was like to have that, like you put it, right? Dropping the sword, right? Just, just, just giving me that little bit of freedom. Um, and that's kind of why I wanted to at least start with my fitness and my health. Because that, that waking up in the morning and knowing that I was able to achieve the goal of, well, at least I look really good. And my diet's really good, you know, and I'm, I'm eating right. I'm not tired all the time, at least from a nutrition standpoint, because I'm sure I, I forgot to mention this, but I, and I work eight to five immediately after work, I go to sleep at least for a couple of hours because I have to recharge for a couple hours before class. So throughout the day, I'm exhausted. I, I'm absolutely exhausted. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure my diet probably has a good bit to do with that. Um, but I've, I've, I've never had that freedom, but I would like to, to have that success that I can point to and say, but I did that, you know, I've got a lot of stuff to do, but I was, I was at least able to meet this goal. And if I can meet this goal, then maybe I can do something else that's on my plate and I can scratch that one off the list too, you know? Um, but, but that encumbered feeling that's, that's been my life really. Can I think again for a second? Yeah. Let's talk about your um, diet and fitness. How's that going? Truthfully hard to tell. Um, I've mentioned before that this intermittent fast isn't exactly by design. It's, it's more of a, a happenstance that it's what I happen to do anyway. I'm just trying to now purposely plan for it. Um, it's been difficult because as I've become more and more busy this year, I've become more reliant on ordering. The beginning of this year, I, I think I went and checked and I've spent almost $1,000 on DoorDash which is insane to me, especially for someone that doesn't make a lot, right? That's an exorbitant amount of money to be spending on ordering out. 
um, that now that I've been trying to do better at tracking foods and things like that, I've realized that that you know thirty forty dollars that I would have spent on DoorDash, I could have gone across the street to Target, got a couple packs of ground beef, and made something and had you know leftovers for tomorrow and could have froze it, you know. Um, which is another thing that's kind of adding, I guess, the frustration is I'm I'm realizing that there's just a lot of better ways I could have approached the same thing that would have been better for me, not only physically, but in my, my financial state, which in my financial state would have helped me mentally too, right? Like all of that stuff is just kind of connected. Um, but do you, do you beat yourself up? Hmm? Probably. Yeah, probably. Walk me through that frustration I, that you felt. Towards I have a hard time and I and I always have had a hard time with saying that I did a good job with anything. Right? So a uh, good example. The stuff that I do for War Thunder. I ended up quitting that a couple of years ago uh because I didn't feel like I was as good as the people that I was teaching how to do it. And that doubt of not being as good kind of led me to quit that. And that's carried over into other activities, such as working out, for example. I used to do workout programs. I used to go on walks all the time, runs, jogs, used to be active. Um, but nothing ever felt like I was making any sort of improvement anywhere. Not in my mood, not in, of course, physically, right? Like there just never felt like any real progress was being made. Um, and it's, it's become incredibly frustrating because I do feel like at least the intentions have always been there. I may not have always known the process, but it's not like I didn't try, you know? Um, and it's frustrating. It's frustrating to be in that situation. Um, one thing you mentioned earlier is you've always had a hard time saying a good job to yourself. Um, when did that start? Could you give me one second? Yeah. Take your time. Tonight is your night. You have all the time. Okay, sorry. Um, you, what was that question? Could you repeat it for me? You mentioned earlier that you have a hard time saying good job to yourself. When did that start? I will be the beginning of my adult years. Everything has always been one thing into the next, into the next, into the next, into the next. There's never been a, a point that I could stop and say, look what we've done, you know? Um, there's never been that, that time to say, you know, we just went through something really stressful, like... Um, when I when I turned 18, the night I graduated, I drove out to Arkansas for my first job. Um, completely by myself. No one was going to be there for me. I don't have family there. Um, that was going to be my first real time being by myself. 
Um, and it was, it wasn't something that I even gave a second thought of not a lot of people my age would do that, you know, never even gave it a second thought that that took a lot of courage. Um, it, for me, it was just another, another rung in, in life to climb up. It was just another natural progression to, to get to the end goal. And that's since my adult years started, that's been the mentality. It's just one thing just leading into the next. There's oh, never on. been that pause. I want to interrupt for a second because I'm hearing two different you, two different series. One series, the 18-year-old, I'm assuming 18 when you graduated. The 18-year-old, yeah. it's like, yep, we just got to do it. what we got to do. Got to do the job. This is special. I'm not special. This is just we got to go get this job. And then the series of today, 26, 26, right? Um, uh, 25. 25 uh, is mm -hmm. saying, hey, what that young Siri did was actually courageous and brave. And that was actually pretty good. Almost like a good job. Do you notice that's that? That's a recent, that's, it's a recent me. It's, it's, it's an attempt that I've been trying to do lately of, of giving myself some sort of anything positive anything at this point anything positive that i can look at and say you know what i at least did that you know um i've especially after a lot of the interviews i've i've realized that i don't i don't give myself enough credit for anything you know ever even getting on this was like i told you before i was terrified but this recent development of being a little proud is is new because I, I know that there's a lot of people that probably couldn't, you know, you're not a, you're not a hard to approach person, but it still takes, you know, I got to meet you halfway, you know, um, chatter or anything, not being here. It's still scary. You know, can I say, um, can I objectively say that I think you have a lot to be proud of? I okay? wouldn't believe you. Why wouldn't you believe me? <laughs> it's just where I'm at. You know, it's, 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 that's, that's the depression. That's the, that's why I'm here. <laughs> it's, it's, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't believe you. <laughs> Do you believe your mom? That she's proud no. of you? Truthfully, no. Who knows you the best? That's a good question. <laughs> I like because I, I can't even say that I know myself the best. You know, um, I didn't even I didn't even recognize that I had changed. You know, how can I know myself the best if I don't even know when I'm changing? You know, um, I wouldn't. I don't know who would. My mom and I never really saw eye to eye on things we've it's almost like we've learned more to coexist than we have to really see eye to eye because i'll try to explain to her something that in my mind how i thought about it makes a lot of sense but explaining it to her just with how she thinks it's a it's a very different chain of thought that she goes through so there's a lot of things that i would feel that i can't express to her because to her it might just be complaining okay. does that make sense yeah all right. Um. Let's let me back up a little bit then. Fine. 
Tom's Tom's a nice guy, nice nice streamer guy. I'm always going to say <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Blah blah blah. Fine. It, what I say, not that important. Your mom also she just loves you, right? She's always going to like take your side. Fine. What about you? You're taking your side, right? Trying to. What's so hard about trying to take your side? Not feeling like I've done anything. Like, like I can. There's a. There's. I think. I think Teresa said it earlier before the stream started when we were talking about the fear of death and things like that. There's. There's that want that I. I want to feel like I've done something that was more impactful for me. That this this stream or this interview is the beginning of that road, if that makes sense. Everything that is discovered and talked about and that we can develop here, I can use as a, as a building block, if you will, to start building that actual impact on my life that I can say, you know what, this is the start of where things started to get better for me, you know? I don't have that up until now. Graduating high school, I'm not the first in my family to do that. My mom's done it. My brother's done it, you know? Graduating college, I'm not the first to do that. My mom's done it. My brother's done it. There's nothing that I can say that I've done uh, in my family that, that feels significant. I want to pivot for just a second. Do you, do you fantasize about the future a lot? No. Um, when I turned 21, I had, uh, I don't, I don't know if like a quarter life crisis exists. Um, but, but, but my, my, the night I turned 21, I had the biggest panic attack I think I've ever had in my life. Um, where every, every serious thought about life just kind of hit me all in one night, death, taxes money future like everything hit me that night and since then i try really hard not to think too far into the future um especially because i don't necessarily know what the future may hold that that aspect of life it's i can't i can't think about that too much i get kind of anxious about that do you feel overwhelmed about the future in particular no just um, like if you thought about that stuff uh yeah yeah uh that 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 line of thinking i think would send me into a panic attack pretty quickly man siri i i'm gonna do my best to talk to you as a friend and at the same time i think you're going to really benefit a lot long term with finding either uh you know some sort of therapy or coach um and really encourage you to keep an open mind shop around and communicate with them that you had a bad experience with a with a counselor before and you don't like counselors you don't like them you think they're here for a paycheck you're like i i really encourage you to keep an open mind about that and communicate your past with them and just be willing to like you know shop around because a lot of them are not going to be um, this, this is gonna be a lot of just not a good fit and a lot of any profession, a lot of just terrible at what they do, a lot that are good at what they do. Um, and th that being said, 
I would be cautious on putting too much hope into our conversation. And this is the moment. This is the turning point. I don't get a sense of fantasy from you because some people do get um, they spend too much time in fantasy and they don't actually make any kind of concrete plans or effort to move forward in life. I'm not hearing that from you, but I, I wanted to ask that and touch on it because it it expectations with great expectations comes great disappointment and with great expectations comes great suffering and that is something i've personally had to learn to let go of more because like my day-to-day -day life man if i have an expectation of i'm gonna get xyz done before i have to take care of my kids because of covid and i have to uh be a single be play single father because helen my wife has to go to work uh and the kids are like distracting me and they're bugging me and I had this expectation I was trying to get this done, man, oh man, I become a grouch really yeah. fast because I, I put these expectations on. And um, I, I highlight this story because I am hearing a theme of there's a lot of dark stuff, a lot of struggle. And there's also this theme of hope and expectation that things are going to get better and that things will feel better. And I, I, I do think time is on your side in terms of like, I, I do think as you get older and as things move forward, you're, you're doing a good job. You are moving forward. You said before that you don't think there's much to be proud of. I, I completely disagree with that, even though, yeah, Tom's a nice guy. He's here. He's just saying, say good things to everybody. Look, bro, I don't say nice things to everybody. Okay. <laughs> like straight up, I, I am not always a nice person, but I'm, I'm serious. Like if you look at how far you've come, let me ask you this. Okay. For weightlifting. Let's take someone who can um, deadlift 400 pounds, okay? Deadlifting 400 pounds is a pretty, you know, it's pretty, you know, actually admirable strength. That's, that's a good amount, you know? Deadlift 400 pounds. That, the person who can deadlift 400 pounds who never struggled with anything or someone who has cerebral palsy, which is a kind of a, a disability, who can barely walk unassisted and they can deadlift, they've, they graduated to where they, they 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 couldn't walk but now they can actually like deadlift 100 pounds yeah who would you say has more to be proud of 100 pounds easily easily because yeah. i under i understand that struggle i understand because it's not just about the weight it's it's everything you had to do to get there you know that's why like so like i i have all this work to do this year but i know once i graduate that's, you know, one stick out of the bag, so to speak, right? That's, that's one thing off of that weight that I don't have to deal with, you know? And it's, it's that feeling of, of making progress that I'm just longing for. Because I did take your advice about finding um, healthy gamers, right? I did look into that. And the only thing that's, that's giving me pause is I don't know if I can afford it. That's the, that's the only thing that, that if, if money was somehow no object... I instantly would have signed up that day because I've, I've realized going through these, how important it is that I do find some sort of outlet. Um, because this, like you said, this, this won't be, you know, the saving grace, but it's bought me time, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and then when we get to the end of this, I'll have a better understanding, not, not just physically what I need to do to, to see progression, but I do think that there's a lot to be said outside of just physical goals about how important your mental state is because it, it's, 
it's at least in my opinion, it's the foundation for everything you're going to do in life. If your mental state's not good, you're you're physically going to suffer. Yeah, well, very well said. Um, I I want to. There's something I'm I'm hypothesizing something. What you said it was just so beautiful, and also very quick to dodge the feelings of pride man oh man was that good we were just talking about like the struggle and how it is actually something to be proud of and then man oh man we shifted real quick away from that didn't we oh man so that's there's something there because of how good that logic that speech was which i don't disagree that was a great speech I mean, it's very true i completely agree with everything you said yeah um but I wanted to follow up with more examples. I'm going to be selfish here. I'm going to backtrack, which is, you know, for me in my history, I don't know if you, you, you knew, but like, you know, I'm 35 and in like, you know, in my twenties, I could barely walk from crippling, crippling back pain to where I had to crawl to the bathroom in the middle of the night. I had, uh, cause I, it was so painful to get up to walk. Um, I had a uh, crushing nerve pain in my, my static nerve to where uh, sometimes blacking out would have been preferred as opposed to experiencing the crushing pain that I, I was going through. It was so bad sometimes. I, had, I couldn't put my own underwear on. My wife, um, or girlfriend at the time, now wife Helen, had to help me put my own underwear on at the age of like 22, 23. And back then, squatting 60 pounds was enough to wreck me, to send me into such a bad episode of pain that I wouldn't be able to walk normally for weeks where I have to like, okay, here we go. Another episode coming up where Tom gets his cane. Tom can't sit in chairs. Tom can't do anything for a couple of weeks. I was so desperate to solve my back issues that I heard exercise was good for the back. Swimming was good for the back. And I was so desperate to try anything that I would go in the middle of the winter. I mean, it's still in California winters are not that bad, right? So granted, it's not that that cold here. But, you know, in December, I would, after a long day of school, long day of work and other extracurriculars in college, I would um, go and go to the community swimming pool at 10 p.m. at night because that's the only time I had. Try to do something for my back, try to fix this situation. I would go three times a week for 20 minutes, go swim in the cold water, do whatever I could for my back. But by the way, it did nothing. It, it did not help at all. But Damn, oh damn, was I desperate and struggling. And had I not gone through that hellish experience to color my life today, I don't think I would have been able to taste how sweet life is. There's a saying that if you can't taste bitter, you can't taste sweet. And the more bitterness you taste, the sweeter life becomes. And so when I was going through that squatting 60 pounds like gg i'm done for weeks uh i hit my max lifetime max in september 2020 i hit 335 pounds i believe for my squat never would i have thought i would have hit that as a lifetime max a, a 335 squat is not that impressive by the way it's decent. It's good, right? Like among the average male population, sure, I got a good squat. But I mean, there's plenty of people who are better than me at this. But let me ask you, Siri, the bro who just graduates high school and 
just like picks up the bar. He's squatting 400 pounds in like a year versus the squat that I have. Who do you think should be more proud of their squat? Definitely you. And so if I describe to you a young guy who struggled in life, all he's done is struggle. He almost died like from the from as an infant, he almost died. He's been struggling with making ends meet with his family. He was homeless for a bit. He had to live a pretty rough life with his uh, father and going through uh, after high school, immediately going to be all by himself to go work for a job just to make ends meet and then trying to step up and push even harder to work a job and go to school and the job that he's doing, even though he gets treated like crap sometimes, he's still going out of his way to be there for people and teach them and empower them. Would you say that guy has anything to be proud of? You're going to do this to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just, it's hard. It's hard for me to accept it. It's hard. It's hard because I don't feel like I've done anything, you know? From the outside looking in, it is easy for me to be proud of this hypothetical person, if you would. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. It's from, from, from looking at it logically from the outside, it is, it is easy to be proud of anyone that, that's had to struggle, right? Um, especially if you know struggle. It's just hard for me. I don't feel like I've done anything because I don't have anything that I can say that I can show for it, you know, because I'm still struggling. I'm still not happy with where I'd want to be in any aspect of my life, you know. So I feel like I haven't I haven't completed the mission, so to speak, you know. I've I've made all of these these gains and steps and attempts to do different things, but I've not I've not got that check mark that I've done it. So it's hard for me to to pat myself on the back and say that I've done it because I don't feel like I've done anything. Um, I understand that that at least career wise, it's going to probably take me at least to the end of the year for me to see any sort of progress on that front, and I've accepted that for the most part which is why I want to shift my goals to at least physically because month by month, I can see at least some sort of tangible progress in one way or another that just helps me say, okay, you know, if my goal was to lose five pounds, I can tangibly say, check, I've done that. Right. And that gives me that, that I can be proud of that moment because I know I've done it. It's completed. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And you actually answered one of my next questions, which was uh, one of my fears was, moving goalposts one thing that people who struggle with hopelessness they struggle with and they they struggle with the feeling versus the truth something that i mentioned earlier is that feeling of hopelessness is deeply rooted in there and it's so deeply rooted in there that even if i show you tangible proof that you have something to be proud of that overwhelming hopelessness will always echo louder and louder to say, nope, that's not good enough. Nope, let's move that goalpost. Five pounds, why didn't you do 10 pounds? 10 pounds, why didn't you do 20 pounds? 20 pounds, why did you let this yeah. even happen to begin with? Yeah. Do yeah. you think that's going to be you? Does that resonate with you? I don't know. 
that's that's one of the things that I can I can truthfully say I don't know how I'll react to that because it would be a new experience, you know? I've I've not had that tangible I've done it yet. You, does that make sense? So I I very well could be one of those cases where I end up somehow feeling worse than I did when I was at my current weight, which I, I don't know accurately if I'm 195. I'm just guessing I'm around there from the last time I was weighed. Um, I, I don't know how I would respond to that truthfully. All I, all I do know for certain is that it's something that I think will make me feel good because in general, I do long to be just generally healthier, you know? Yeah. Um, that I think I would, I think if I had to guess, I would be more satisfied that I was making progress towards that goal rather than feeling like I should have never got there. Um, to like to begin with, I think I would generally feel happier. Yeah. I'm just thinking for a second. My. We're about to shift gears and, and start talking about a lot of practical advice, practical tips for all of these things. Um, so I try to understand you and hear your story, which, by the way, um, as uh, one thing I really I really resonate with your story. It was about this whole struggle thing that people who have struggled understand struggle. And there's there's something so powerful about the type of struggle that you've gone through that's going to resonate with other people and it's going to help them in the future. You just don't know it yet. You don't see it yet because you haven't been there yet. Right. And I, uh, I can yeah. tell you from being on the other side of the tunnel where uh, I was at a super dark place in my early 20s, you know, again, could barely walk in that blackout pain. Man, when there's uh, someone else who comes to stream and they talk about having super crippling back problems. And they talk about how they can't walk and they're super depressed and the pain is so bad. They'd rather just black out than deal with it. Uh, I man, I'm like, man, I want to talk yeah. to you because I was there too. And I think you're right. Yeah. You're, you, you're, you're not there yet. Um, and I think you will be. And that's, that's the thing. Um, I, we're talking about motivation and healthier habits. I think it's it, there's a there's a fine line. There's a lot of so many good things wrapped up in a package of self dealing damage that creates damage to clean up at a later date. Which hey, I get it, right? You got to make ends meet. You've got to move forward in life. And I think it's first of all, I think it's, I think you should be proud that you are one of many. You know, there's a lot of people who don't step up to the plate that you have stepped up yet to. Sure, you haven't finished. Um, you haven't finished any crossed the finish line, but there's many people who will never step up to even run a race. Do you know what I mean? You just started a marathon. You're one mile in, you got 25 more miles to go. And you feel like I haven't done anything yet. You did by signing up for the marathon to, to try to do something. So to me, that is an accomplishment. Now, um, the self dealing damage of the, uh, you know, negative, um, the high risk, high reward strategy of dealing damage to move forward and pressuring yourself to get up every day to keep moving forward. It works. I'm not going to deny that it works. It's just, is that the best way forward? Is that the only way forward? And I think you see enough of these interviews that, you know, you know, my answer is no, I, I think we should you know, try to 
uh, drift away from that and try to focus on a more positive aspect and detach yourself from the outcome and be okay with yourself. I think learning to be okay with yourself, learning to accept outcomes um, is going to help unencumber you and help you perform unburdened and performing unburdened I think is going to help you achieve your goals, which sounds so counterintuitive. How would I get these goals if I don't pressure myself out of bed yeah. every day? Right? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I'm kind of like, but how do how do I how do I stay motivated to do it? You know, like I don't I don't I don't know if I have another another powerful enough motivator that will will replace what I've held on to for so long, you know? Perfect, beautiful question. Let me ask you, Siri, what do you care about? My family. I had to, I had to, I had to think about that because there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that, that I could very also like answer but it's if i had to choose any reason why despite how hard this year is i can i i can picture how proud my mom will be like like i can i can aside from her just saying it right i can physically see the proud on her face then that i'll be graduating you know, I'll be able to to get into a better job. You know, I'll be able to to support myself fully, finally, right? Like it's different from her saying she's proud to when I can do something on my own and make her proud. That's that's what I want the most. And Ellis, that feeling that you have right now, how would you describe this feeling? An angry motivation, and I don't mean angry in a bad way, but power. Like it's determined. it's a it's a it's an empowering yeah, like a determined empowered feeling. Yeah, and it feels it feels good, but there's there's always this edge of of worry, right? Like I'm not used to feeling good. It's not something that I get yeah. very often right now. You know. So I would say like that, that not used, used to not feeling good, man, that's, that's a powerful place to explore a lot of stuff, which again, I think, uh, therapy or the healthy gamer coaching would be something to consider, which I, by the way, before I forget healthy gamer, they do a subsidy fund. You can apply for it. They'll cover it for free. I, if you want, I, I know some folks over there. I can try to talk to them too. If, if that, I, I don't know if they, you know, would care what I have to say, <laughs> but like, I think you would really benefit from that and um that feeling of determination that feeling how does that compare to the feeling that you wake up with every day and how you get yourself out of bed how you pressure yourself out of bed can you contrast or compare and contrast those two it is if you think of the yin and yang symbol right how it how it represents balance it's not quite as balanced, but it's recognizable. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
I've I've held on to this feeling of oh god I don't have I don't want to do this today I just want to go back to bed you know I've I've held on to that side for so long that it is the larger of the two but I I really do want to do better with my life you know I I you you mention it all the time that like oh all you have to do is just do this it's that easy you all come on bro just go do it right <laughs> like yeah, come on man <laughs> but like you've 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 talked about that that bro sentiment right yeah and that thing I've I've mentioned before it frustrates me to no end hearing that because I'm not lazy <laughs> you know I know I'm I can at least give myself that I'm not lazy I'm not you know, my weight because I don't want to do anything. I'm not my weight because all I want to do is eat pizza and not do anything. Um, it is a, it is a honest, I don't know what to do, you know? Um, so like clinging to this fasting thing at least makes sense to me because it's, it's structure. It's some, it's some way that I can say, open my, my fitness bell app. How many slices of meat did I have? How many slices of cheese did I have? Right? Did I have an orange? How much water did I have? It structures things in a way that I don't need to know how many different ways I can work on arms, you yeah. know, or abs or legs. You know what I mean? Right. It takes that confusion kind of out of it, which is why I'm not focusing on any sort of weightlifting or anything right now. I just want to cut my weight. Yeah. Um, and my, my weight cut isn't a significant one. It'd be 20 pounds tops. Yeah. Um, and I'd be happy with that. Man, I'm excited um, for you, Siri. Like, first of all, okay, so let, I want to, um, before we pivot to like the, the practical, you know, discussion and help about losing weight, all that stuff, because I, I, I took some notes about stuff I want to talk about. But um, I just want to say from like the motivation aspect and the depression stuff, again, like long term, I, I really think getting evaluated, some therapy, whether or, or coaching, something like that is going to really help you stay motivated and consistent in life because you'll become unencumbered. That's really the value there. And if you're unencumbered, all of a sudden you're more powerful to just execute whatever it is in life. So there's that aspect. And being proud of yourself, learning to sit with yourself, I think that is going to tie in with this releasing and letting go of the the pressure of feeling so bad every morning so angry every morning and hopeless every morning it's going to be so much more powerful when you look towards someone else that you're doing this for someone else that feeling that you are feeling of this feels hopeless and i just better get out to do it because i don't want to be homeless versus i'm going to do this for my mom i want her to be proud of me i want to support her i want to do this and be able to help other people out there who have struggled be a success story to, to stand out and, and to tell other people the same thing with being proud of yourself. It is difficult to be proud of ourselves, but it's so much easier to be proud of someone else, proud of someone else who went through the exact same shoes. And I think that is going to be one of the most powerful things for you to do is to visualize like you're asking, how do I motivate myself? Um, if I, without that, without, without this negative, uh, self-talk, you can motivate yourself by thinking about others, by thinking about your duty to others and thinking about how um, how proud you would be of a little brother who went through the exact same story as you and all the struggles that you went through. And so um, that aside, the other thing that I wanted to mention was the 
the duty aspect, I, I do want to say one more thing, which is um, with the caveat of if you're going to do this, I, I don't get the sense from you that you're, you're going to do this, but I, I want to point this out for anyone listening, that if you're going to do this, like you're going to change your focus outward to do it for other people as a duty towards them, uh, be cautious to n- never be resentful, never expect anything back from it. I don't get that sense from you, but other people, yeah. myself included, would fall for that trap of slowly building up resentment that i'm doing this for someone else and they didn't ask for it they didn't they didn't want it and they never thanked me for it and then i would become resentful so i i just want to throw that out there that it is a double-edged sword so um now the that's the motivation aspect and the healthier mental aspects before we pivot to the um the other stuff you mentioned about the fatigue the bad diet uh saving money with 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 food all that stuff is there anything you wanted to uh talk about before we pivot um no because i i know i know you understand pretty pretty well what my pitfalls have have been um and the diet and the nutrition portion i think will make a lot of sense um since you know you know kind of where i'm at um So if you didn't have any other questions, I'm I'm good too. Okay. So um, for the food, man, meal prep, exclamation mark meal prep or TominationTime.com <laughs> slash meal prep. One to two dollar yeah. meals, they freeze. You get a chest freezer. If you're spending a thousand dollars at DoorDash per month, two hundred bucks, you get a chest freezer. Yeah. You could store dozens to hundreds of meals in there. Um, what do you think about that strategy? I would if I had the space. Um, so in this in this place that I'm in right now, it's incredibly small. Um, I could barely fit my washer where it goes, for example. Like we had to take the baseboards up just to get my washer to fit. Um, I don't have a lot of space right now. Um, and as much as I, I've started to try to enjoy cooking more, I don't have the time or the energy right now for for a mass prep session. It is significantly easier for what I've what I've been doing is when I want to get DoorDash, I'll say just go to Target, right? Why why spend that money on DoorDash? Just go to Target, get a fresh pack of meat that I don't have to wait to thaw, throw that in the skillet, have that with rice, call it dinner, you know. Um, I can still season my food, so it's not like I feel like I'm hampering what I can eat. Um, so as, as I know, I know I should meal prep more when I have more space to do so. I definitely want to, I just don't have anywhere that I could put another freezer right now. So let me, let me help you out there with some very practical tips about what you're describing. Um, could you spend one hour a week to crank out, um, 10 to 20 meals? Would you be able to afford that amount of time? If I can fix my sleep, or as I should say, like I sleep pretty, oh, I don't even want to say I sleep good, but I, I, I at least try to get the right amount of sleep. I try to go to bed at a reasonable time and I try to sleep through the night, whether I actually sleep through the night or not, or, or it's like a completely different story. Sometimes I wake up at three, sometimes I wake up at four. It just kind of depends on the night. Do you wake up from If stress? I could cut out... Probably. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. See, this is the encumberment I'm telling you about. Men. So, like, a classic sign of, of like, a, uh, it, one classic sign of issues with sleep when we're stressed. 
men tend to fall asleep fine, but we wake up early in the morning, pit in the stomach, some sort of heavy weight in our body, and like the ruminating thoughts don't stop. For most women, it's going to be the opposite. They have a hard time falling asleep because of the same thing. The stress, the anxiety is all hitting them at once. I don't know why this is, but almost every guy and, and, and female, that, male and female that I know, it's like this is how it plays out for us. So um, the sleep stuff, I would love to talk about sleep another day and, and kind of coach you with that. But um, we you know, we can do like sleep questionnaire another time and see if there's any low hanging fruit there. But let's I mean, you're going to Target, right? You go to Target to pick up some food. Can you get one hour a week to do all the cooking? Because what, it really I, what I one meant hour, was, yeah, what I meant was was my after work time where I, I would normally have a two to three, sometimes four hour nap. If I could, if I could stop doing that, I would love to cook during that time because I don't mind cooking. I like cooking. Um, that would be the most ideal time where, you know, I can do the hour. I could do two. I could do three. I have that block of time before class that I can just cook some stuff and have something fresh for dinner. What about the weekends? Busy. Um, all of my lab days are on weekends. Okay. Uh, I actually have a final that I'm studying for tomorrow. <laughs> okay. So if it, it might be worth it to, if you can get that one hour of somewhere, even staying up, staying, staying awake through that, just power through it to get the cooking done. Um, that could still be, uh, worth it in the end. And, one day a week where you sleep a little bit less for your nap, but then it, it may actually help you sleep better at night, possibly something to think about. But here's what I would do if I were you to make it really fast. You go to the store, you buy a bag of potatoes. Actually, do you have a rice cooker or a slow cooker? Yes, I have, a, I have both. I have a rice cooker and a slow cooker. Okay, so you'll save even more time. So if you go get brown rice, you throw it in the rice cooker, takes like two minutes, five minutes. Your actual activity is done. Slow cooker the chicken. Maybe in the morning before you get up, have the seasoning prepped the night before, throw all the chicken in there or whatever meat you want to get. Okay. Chicken done. Brown rice done. Canned beans. Go get some canned beans. Stock up on that relatively cheap. If you, um, if you, you know, in the future, you can make your own beans for even cheaper. Like you save tons of money. It's like 10x cheaper to make your own beans. If you, um, have the time and, and the, the, a pressure cooker basically. So, um, get canned beans, chicken. Brown rice, cheese optional if you can afford the calories. You put that in, burrito bowls. You mass produce all of those. It's going to take you probably five minutes per item, maybe a little bit of time to clean it up and cut it up or whatever. But you throw it all together. You have burrito bowls every day for however long. And you mass produce it at once, about an hour's worth of time because you got to cook and you got to clean it and cut it up. And that's going to... um immediately save you money and time you know from the doordash stuff but what do you think about that uh i would have to sub the beans because they upset my stomach but i've i do the this cow technique i told you i started doing that uh so i've actually gotten used to just having spinach i actually kind of snack on it after my fast is done just to have something to eat that i know is good for me yeah um the the prep i'm definitely interested in doing um i've never actually used my slow cooker before so that'd be interesting um yeah i mean the the idea makes sense um it's just it's just getting that time that time back this is the the thing i gotta figure out it's it's tough Uh, i i don't disagree Uh, i'm trying to think of the simplest least time intensive meal preps that i have my website 
that I think you know, save money, they're healthy, they're calorie light. Um, and, and so that's one example of something I would do. Um, other things that you can do, just some like practical ghetto cheap healthy meals. You get a bag of potatoes from Target for like five bucks. A 10 pound bag of potatoes, five bucks. They don't last too long. I'll give them a week max before they start going bad. But um, yeah, you get those. Um, a, a potato, you don't have time to bake them and prep it all, fine. You take a potato, rinse it off, wash it off thoroughly, maybe cut out some dirty spots if it's there, put it in a bowl, add a little bit of water, and put it in the microwave. So you add some water to it, microwave it for like eight minutes, right? It takes like, while it, right before you go take a dump or you go take a shower or whatever, like you got to do that stuff. Before you do that, you just put it in the microwave with some water. <laughs> I, would, yeah. I would use extra water just to be safe. Eight minutes, 10 minutes, the thing is done. It's steamed. And then get a can of beans, get whatever meats. If you, if you um, have meat on hand, add, add in some cheese, boom. Add some seasoning, right? Taco seasoning is awesome for so many things. Yes. Hot sauce, amazing to make so many things taste better. But beans and potatoes are cheap. They're healthy. Um, they're accessible. A little bit of meat, however you can cook it. There's, there's, I mean, if you have the money, which I, I know in this case, it's not the most applicable, but you can also buy pre-cooked meat, like cans of tuna, um, cans of chicken. There's, there's pre-cooked meat, which can save you time there as yeah. well. And that's also non-perishable, right? Okay, fine. You don't have a freezer. Yeah. We don't have enough freezer space. Fine. We don't have time to do an hour prep it all at once, fine. We can still go with microwave a potato for eight minutes and throw also frozen vegetables yeah. too. Get a bag, frozen vegetable medley, throw in the microwave with a, a bowl, in a, in a bowl, a little bit of water, it steams it. No, like there's so little effort involved. What do you think about those strategies? Yes, and I, I wanted to ask you something um, related to this. So I, I use the MyFitnessPal app um, and because I do my fast, I normally skip breakfast. Uh, so I have a meal, um, a meal shake, a meal replacement shake that I drink uh, with my lunch in particular. Um, let me back up just a little bit. I have around 1,800 calories I'm supposed to eat a day, uh, a day, give or take. I will maybe have 800. Like I leave, I leave a lot of calories on the table that I just don't know what to do with. But I also tend to eat pretty late towards like the end of the day so yeah. i kind of just chalk that up as i'm just not going to have that tonight and i go to bed and i start my next fasting cycle um, um what are you doing for your activity right now are you, are you sedentary yeah i'm not doing anything okay. um so um thank you for sharing that and um a couple of things so the risk is you might become skinny fat if you go too low on calories, are you familiar with skinny fat? Yeah. And it's, I want to put out, it's not something that I'm trying to do. I'm not, not eating on purpose. Right. right. I, I, I understand. Just, okay. Yeah. But, but, but okay. Here's, I mean, here's, here's the concern. So for someone listening to this, like 800 calories, oh my God, how is he not hungry? If you're sedentary and you're trying to lose weight and or stressed, which the stress can lead to hunger or, or, um, actually, uh, decrease in hunger which is not talked about often. i'm a stress starver i'm not a stress eater but um it it could be very easy initially to eat way less calories it actually speed up the weight loss there is a downside though the downside here's the risks involved okay short term a couple of days couple of weeks 800 calories a day is not a big deal if you're doing this for years and years there's some uh, some serious risks but like you know about micronutritional deficiencies and other stuff but we'll get just a short term couple of weeks 
What's the problem? The problem is as you're losing weight, because you're going to lose weight at an accelerated rate, um, you're probably going to lose a bit of muscle along with the fat, which is really not ideal. Um, you want to preserve the muscle to avoid the skinny fat look as you lose the weight. So how do you do that? Well, I would up your calories, up your protein. Um, I would up your calories to at least BMR calories, basal metabolic rate, exclamation mark TDEE or tomnationtime.com slash TDEE, two E's. And you can, or any TDE calculator, you can find out what your BMR is. BMR could be a good threshold uh, floor number to try not to go below. But uh, going too far below that, because 800 calories, I, I would guess your BMR is like 1,500 calories, 2,000 calories, somewhere around there. Eating at 800, that's, that's really low. And so you're probably going to lose muscle yeah. on the way down. And you're not exercising. You're not, you're not uh, doing resistance training. So if you can up your protein, do resistance training, up your calories a bit, that would help stave off the skinny fat issue. So you're having a hard time getting the calories in. Well, is it that bad? Uh, other issues with that, it could be a red flag, is is your performance in life dropping? Either your your emotions are getting worse, you're getting more stressed, you are your recovery is worse. In this case, you're sedentary, so there's no real recovery here to look at. Is your sleep getting worse? Are you starving out of your mind? Are you getting brain fog? You can't focus? These are all signs of someone eating way too low calories and it's starting to impact them. Um, some people are fine for the first few days, first few weeks, but it eventually will catch up. One of those is going to catch up with you somewhere, somehow, which is okay if you're going to do it temporarily and you want to transition out of it. But again, there's the muscle loss aspect. So that's a long roundabout way of saying what you're doing can be kind of okay for a little bit. Um, I would feel better if you had higher protein and you were doing some basic resistance training, which I'll get to in a second. Um, because your energy levels, right? You said you're, you're feeling super fatigued and you have to sleep all the time. Um, is, does that correlate at all with the amount of food you're taking in? It could. I, I had always thought, because I, I normally make a lot of pasta. Um, it's, it's normally my quick, like, I need something that I need to eat. I have ground beef. I have some spaghetti sauce. It takes nothing to make a pot of spaghetti. I don't have to prep anything. You know what I mean? And I'll have that typically for most dinners as, like, my desperate, I just need food kind of option. But I do notice whenever I have that food, I don't have a particularly big bowl. I'll maybe have a cup of pasta, a cup of spaghetti sauce, um, and a, maybe half a cup of, of beef. And that'll be my bowl of spaghetti. So it's not a particularly large amount of food. But I'll have that and I will immediately crash. Like I just get super tired and I have to sleep. Uh, and that's where those long naps come from. That's normally my meal time is when I just, I stop functioning. Yeah. I'm usually fine during the day for work. I'm alert. I'm attentive. I can get my job done. There's no perform, uh, performance issues there. But as soon as I start having food, I just can't function, which is why I fell off of my, my programs, by the way, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just got too tired. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel you on that too. Like the rest and digest mode. Cause if your body's just like, like, you're, you're always in the, sympathetic state or the um always on alert adrenaline pump you got to go got to go can't let go you can't let yourself down you can't let anybody down that kind of stuff is, is driving you forward and then that pressure like one of the downsides of that negative pressure is you are going to crater with all this negative energy because you're gonna be so extra tired and burdened um it may be because I mean, there there may be a correlation here with the amount of calories you're taking in maybe not i would i, I would hypothesize that it's um the very low calories probably doesn't contribute that much to your fatigue, but this is worth exploring to see if upping your calories to at least BMR calories um, 
or close to it. Maybe like, you know, a couple hundred below is okay too. But getting closer for a week, does that make a noticeable difference in your energy levels? Because if it does, then maybe we got to go back to the drawing board about where the fatigue is really coming from. That being said, fatigue, again, can come from so many places. Um, if if you can, I would check with your doctor if it's easy and you have the time, which again, I know, you, I know the time is a problem, but it is <laughs> something to think about is they might be able to yeah. check some basic blood work if it's, if it's um, accessible, you know, financially and time-wise. Um, that being said, the fatigue stuff, the meal prep, I think we kind of covered that. For the exercise stuff, if bro, if you're so fatigued that you can't um, do any kind of basic exercise program, we should either set our we should set sites low to nothing or to, to to a very simple program or to almost nothing. So, can we do one or two days a week of ten minutes of exercise where you do push ups, body weight squats, and planks? Do you have a pull up bar by any chance? Yes. Okay. And pull-ups. Yes. You can't do pull-ups, do pull-up negatives. We can go over that another time uh, on stream, but basically some pushing, some pulling, some legs, save, you got, you're low on time. Got it. Do a circuit with almost no rest, like treat it like hit cardio. So you do like 20 second rest periods. So do whatever you can for pull-ups. That's a set. 10 second rest, whatever you can for push-ups. 10 second rest, the order by like, that doesn't matter, but um, whatever you can for, for bodyweight squats, and then whatever you can for planks, and then just rest 10 seconds, you go back into it again. Do three sets, three supersets like that. One day a week is better than nothing. If you do three days a week, that'd probably be a good amount. So I would say one to three days a week of this like 10 minute circuit. What do you think about that? Doable. I've I've wanted to get into some sort of physical activity. Um, the programs have always just kind of confused me because it, it feels advanced for where I'm at right now. So I, I have a lot of equipment that's just kind of here, the pull-up bar, some resistance bands, some dumbbells. You know, I, I've got some stuff here. I've just never known what to do with it. Um, and I can't for the life of me, you have a command for it for the basic <laughs> uh, beginners. Yeah, I, like, dude, I'm telling you, like, I, I really do try to pay attention to yeah, all yeah, of yeah. it. Um, I just, I've never, I've never known where to start. Yeah. Um, let's start you know there what I because mean? you have a very, very full plate. And like you said, micro steps, micro goals is a good thing. And I completely agree with you. Using all of your equipment is a nice to have dream at this point. You're in survival mode with your job and your school and your financial situation. I don't care about min maxing hypertrophy. I don't care about min maxing progression. What I care about for you is very, very, very basic checklist. A little bit of pushing, pulling legs a couple days a week, very quick. Can you do that? Can you be consistent with that for a couple of months? If you can, let's revisit how much time you have, okay? Give yourself, seriously, 30 days, maybe 60 days, like one or two months. See if you can consistently do that and survive. That's the goal. If you can progress, that's nice to have. Nice to have progression. Can you survive by doing it two or three days a week and not collapse under the pressure? Because you're going low calories, you have a job, full-time school, all of this, you're barely getting enough sleep, all this stress. Let's just do 10-minute workouts, man. That's all you need. You do not need a lot. You really, seriously, you really don't. A little bit of resistance training goes a long way. Um, the food, we talked about the food. We talked about the men mental stuff. We talked about a lot. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Any thoughts, questions? 
had a lingering question that I didn't get to ask while you were yeah. doing uh, your morning stuff. Uh, I actually went and bought uh, with my <laughs> tax return money. I bought a, a sitting bike or a, a stationary okay. bike. Um, and my question was, w is it better to do walking exercises for longer or to spend that time with a high resistance setting on my bike and try to do that for exercise in terms of, of getting some sort of cardio in? Because I can't jump because I'm on the second floor. Great question. In your case, irrelevant because you're in survival mode. <laughs> I, I will give you an answer. Like, I know it's not a very satisfactory <laughs> answer, but we've got to frame things for your life, which is uh, you're low on cash. And you already have the equipment. And I'm assuming you can't return, right? It's nah, beyond the return yes. period. Long gone. Doesn't yep. fucking matter, man. Just do <laughs> any activity on there. The more important gotcha. parameters are, um, whatever form of cardio you do, is it too much for you to recover from? And it makes you collapse more because your stress bucket is already so full. Now, to give some better color to this, some practical stuff, Walking all day is, I would argue, easier on the body and probably less stress. And doing hit cardio on the bike could possibly add a bit more stress to you. You got to look at the hunger aspect too. Um, understand that doing a 20-minute bike session, if it drives up your hunger through the roof to where you feel so hungry that you have to eat like a thousand calorie meal, that's probably a net loss on the, the calories there. But if you do a like 20 minutes on the bike, you get like 500 calorie burn from pushing really hard 20 minutes on the bike. You save time, and if you uh, eat an additional 300 calories, let's say, you, so you have a net deficit of 200, so you, 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 you exercise a lot, you ate a little bit more, and you still have a net, net deficit, and if you feel better off the more food, because I know I do, I feel way better eating way more food and eat, exercising way more. So that deficit to me is more sustainable and more enjoyable, because I get more food, I get more energy. Um, that's a good thing, Right. So these are the kinds of things to think about with what cardio should I do? Uh, should I do lots of walking or should I do the bike? Well, you got time issues, you got recovery issues, you have food, hunger, calorie issues, and you're going to have to kind of explore that and balance it out. And also the practicalness of you have a bike. Um, sitting on a bike for eight hours a day is very, very painful, <laughs> almost impractical. Yeah. Um, <laughs> walking for eight hours a day, I would say is way easier to do, you know? Yeah. So... Um, then yeah, good. I have, uh, two other questions. The next one might be difficult for you to answer. And that, if that's the case, that's completely fine. Even if you have a link that I can look at, that would be helpful. Um, when it comes to eating, I have a hard time with understanding, um, how I can tell if something is, I don't want to say good because I, I know about that, but like, so for example, I can have two things of chicken, um, like a couple ounces of chicken, right? A bowl of rice and some broccoli. But there may be times where I might want something different, but I don't know what is what I'm allowed to have. Did that make sense? I'm trying to find more meals. I want to eat more, right. but I don't know what to fill that calorie gap with. Yeah, yeah. Um, just to confirm, this is not about food boredom, that you're getting bored of your food. It's just you want to just no. fill in more stuff that's yep. generally calorie light. I just light. need to know. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I'll just, I'll just ramble off a bunch of calorie light foods, okay? So um, starting with the most calorie light, non-starchy vegetables, cauliflower, broccoli, spinach, carrots are pretty good. Uh, I would say they're not as calorie light as like spinach, but it's up there. Um, 
squash, zucchini, any of these things are pretty calorie-like. Cucumbers, right? I keep going on and on. Um, the more sugary it is, the more um, delicious it is, it tends to be uh, a little bit more calorie-dense. So when it comes to fruits, higher water content fruits would be a good way to go. So like think oranges, um, oranges, berries, or high fiber. Oranges, berries, um, watermelon, but watermelon takes time. So those are examples of easy go-tos. Apples and bananas are still good too. And I think you have a, a large enough calorie deficit that you could probably just go for apples and bananas. Um, don't get me wrong. Fruit and vegetables in general are calorie light. Um, starchy stuff. If you're going for non, uh, sorry, starchy vegetables, uh, potatoes are king when it comes to calorie light starches. Rice and brown rice in particular, I would say is another, is, is second place. And they're, um, it's, it's a bit of a gap. There's a bit of a gap between potatoes and then rice. And then another bit of a gap to pasta. And then another bit of a gap when it comes to like bread. If you think about the, the water content in rice versus pasta versus bread, bread is dry. No water in it. Not very filling. Calorie dense. Compared to rice, it's got it's a carbohydrate soaked in water. Potatoes also just gram for gram, are, are they're literally more calorie light. Uh, where they just have less calories in it per gram compared to rice, if you look it up. Um, so all that being said, those are the starches. The other stuff, uh, I would say for protein, lean cuts of protein. If um, eggs, egg whites, ugh, so easy, just egg whites, man. Um, egg yolks are so good from a, from a health perspective, micronutrients. Um, so I wouldn't discard egg yolks altogether. But eggs, uh, I'm also concerned about eggs taking time. I don't know how easy it is for you to boil eggs and then just eat that. Is that something that's yeah. accessible versus cooking it on the pan? Snack. Snack time. That's all that is. I go. can easily do that. Yeah. Um, so boiling a bunch of eggs at once. And then um, there's, there's I, I don't remember off the top of my head, Helen, my wife, she can answer it later because she does this a lot. Um, when you boil the eggs, there's some trick about dumping it into an ice bath immediately after and then it makes it super easy to peel. Um, you have to look it up online or, or just ask her for the, the timing on that. She's got it nailed down. And so you do like a dozen eggs at once. Boom. You got some great, healthy, relatively calorie light snacks. And, but they're egg yolks are like nature's multivitamins. They got a bad rap before, but there's a lot of good stuff about egg yolks, proteins in general, um, chicken, most fish I would say is calorie light cans of tuna, easy, easy calorie light, tons of protein, time saver, generally cheap. And, um, Lean cuts of beef, unfortunately, a bit more expensive. And I know money's money's an issue here. So I would probably stay away from, from beef from the perspective of, of going for lean beef to save money. If you need more calories, sure, fatty ground beef is cheaper. Um, and if you have enough calorie of a calorie deficit, you could probably get the, the beef in there, the fatty ground beef. Um, pork, so believe it or not, pork is, can be lean. Pork chops, for example. Pork chops is not bad too. Um, if you're trying to save money, most grocery stores will have a discount meat section where they will have sales. Just load up on that. You get, um, you know, chicken drumsticks, chicken thighs, chicken breast, whatever. It can be like as cheap as 50 cents a pound, a dollar a pound. It is so cheap. Um, that's pretty much it for the Cali Light stuff. So really cooking up any one of your own cocktails of whatever combo you want to go with. Uh, food boredom does not sound like to be an issue for you. That makes life so much easier. If you're struggling with food boredom and making food taste good, that makes it way harder. But man, just any combo of brown rice and potatoes mixed with any combo of non-starchy vegetables with um, a high water content fruit for dessert, and you throw in whatever protein is convenient, 
it's you can't go wrong. It's really hard to blow up your calories going with that kind of combo. Okay. Okay. That that's helpful. That's really helpful. Um, the last question, I was so focused on what you were saying, I forgot. So I'll put that one in the Discord. Okay. Um, Sounds good. <laughs> uh, but that, I think, covers it, I think. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to look into Is there a link for that Healthy Gamers? Um, I forgot what you called it before, but I could, I could essentially seek a little bit of a financial assistance or some sort of financial thing that I could do with Healthy Gamers. Is there a link for that anywhere? We will look into that. I know Healthy Gamer dot gg just check out their coaching and there's going to be a subsidy fund probably somewhere on there if anyone chaps have the have that link handy please let me know otherwise let's sync up afterward because um again this is actually a good segue to um mental health this is, is may 2021 and we are talking about mental health awareness month we're doing a lot more of these interviews because we're doing a fundraiser for some awareness for um mental health and also for the healthy gamer foundation which is separate from Healthy Gamer Coaching, the, the company, two different things. Healthy Gamer Foundation, they are funding research for uh, mental health issues. And I think the organization of Healthy Gamer and Dr. K has been huge for mental health. And I think they are doing a fantastic job of, one, helping people who need mental health and can't afford it. And having a path for someone like Siri to do that. But also, uh, they're, they're taking the money to fund research that I think is not getting enough attention. And they are giving research uh, funding to research that I think is legitimately there's a lot of blind spots for young gamers. Games aren't all bad and games can have good stuff. There's a lot of uh, blind spots in the young mental health aspect. I think Dr. K is doing a fantastic job funding that stuff. So a big shout out to Healthy Gamer and their coaching subsidy uh, fund. I'll, I'll look into that with you and we'll follow up offline about that. That's good. Okay. So um, is there anything else you wanted to chat about or any, any takeaways, um, any highlights from today? Um, for anyone, I, if you don't mind, you know, yeah. for, for anyone that's in a similar position to where I'm at, um, especially because May, May happens to be my birth month as well. Uh, so it's kind of birthday. funny all this kind of, <laughs> thank you, um, all this kind of coincides with, with one another. Um, don't, don't sleep on your mental health. You know, that's, if there's anything to take away from this, you know, I, I want to be healthier. I want to be more fit, of course. Um, but a lot of that, I, I don't think people realize how much of that gratification is really mental. You know, it's, it's a lot of, you look good in the mirror and you think, man, I look good, you know, and that little boost you get of just something positive, uh, I, I don't think gets a lot of attention. Uh, so I want to appreciate, uh, you know, you let me come on and, and share my struggles with people. Um, and I, I, I don't want to say I hope, but I, I will make this a success for me, you know, because part of the first step is changing your mentality. And if there's anything that I've learned from all the, men, uh, the interviews before mine, uh, mentality is important, you know. So thank you for letting me come on and, and maybe be someone else's light. Hey, thank you for sharing. Um... Because again, I, I really also hope that this is going to be um, your struggles is going to make your success story all the better. Just don't yeah. forget to celebrate your successes too. 
And don't forget to be proud. Allow yourself to be proud of yourself. If not you, then think about someone who is in your situation. Yeah. Yep. Will do. Um, as for if you don't mind my plug, if you will. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I was about to pull this up, actually. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll, I'll wait for you to, to pull it up. War Thunder, um, right? So the, yeah, that's my that's my live War Thunder page. Um, it's pretty inactive. I, I stopped playing War Thunder a few years ago. Um, I still make content if anyone wants it. I also do graphic work for DCS, uh, which is uh, similar to War Thunder. Um, it's just for uh, a full realism. You know, you get your flight stick and a VR. Um, it's, it's for that kind of crowd. Uh, so I do Photoshop work for this kind of thing. If anyone plays, uh, feel free to just let me know either on Twitch. Um, I do stream occasionally. If I do stream, it's normally this just because it's easier to communicate with whoever I'm doing my commission for uh, so they can see what I'm doing. Uh, that goes for you, Tom. If you want something, you know, all you got to do is let me know. I'll give you a discount. <laughs> I, I used to do, uh, I used to play War Thunder a lot, man. It's like my eyes, they're like, dude, you do War Thunder skins. That's so cool. I don't actually care for the War Thunder skins at all, but I'm not, yeah. I'm not much of a skins guy, but it's just so cool. Like, yeah. I don't think a lot of people play War Thunder. For those who don't know, it's, it's a um, World War II flight sim. I never got to the Jets because yeah. I heard it's just it kind of becomes anti-fun with how fast you die. You like instantly die yeah. with the Jets. I loved yeah. like the old uh, World War II, even the World War One airplane fights. And man, those were so fun. I put some yeah. Star Wars music on. Sets the mood. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to a trench run <laughs> like in the in the mountains. I'm going to the bomber doing a trench run. Yeah. Man, it was some of the yeah. best experiences. Yeah. Just uh, with all of that. So yeah. War Thunder. Uh, I miss that game. I'm a, I want to play it again one day. Uh, maybe get my kids into it when they're older. But um, yeah, Comrade Panda, he makes skins. Anyone who's interested in textures and stuff, hit him up. Go uh, check him out over there. And um, I also DM'd you a link to the Google form um, in the uh, uh, for the subsidy fund. So you can check that out. Uh, one of our mods grabbed that for us and I put it. Uh, I might put that link somewhere in the uh, show notes, I think. I have to think about that, if that's going to be okay. Um, um, so, uh, I, I'm not sure if I can put the link. I'll, I'll ask them before I do that. But anyway, Healthy Gamer GG Coaching, um, f uh, the fun. Go check that out. Um, yeah, so that's, I think that's a, yeah. a good stopping point. What do you think? Yeah, I'll, I'll feel free um, to, if it's something more private, I, if you don't mind, I'd like to do any follow-ups, um, just if it's more private. Otherwise, I, I'll be here in chat. You know where to find me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I do <laughs> want to hear how things go for you. Let me know. Because, um, But remember, anything here is not therapy or professional advice. I'm just a dude who likes yeah. to drink <laughs> and likes to hang out. Uh, yeah. But that being said, you know, oh. uh, don't, uh, one thing I want to uh, point out in terms of like boundaries Remember that I'm just a guy. I'm just a friend. I, I cannot give you therapy. Yeah. And um, we yeah. can we can try to find time to talk and, and all that stuff. But uh, sometimes like an actual coach or uh, therapist is going to be like probably like, the best way to go. Yeah. I want to before I forgot um, uh, the, the study time tips. Did you, did, is it anything quick that we can go over now or should that wait till later? Um, yeah, saving, uh, study smart, not hard is something that I can elaborate more on um, during a stream because uh, I don't think we have time to dive into the details of it, but I'll give a quick 
background on this, looking to save time. I'm all about saving time. Um, studying can be very time intensive. And I will say that being active, uh, being an active learner is going to kick on machinery in your head. It's going to help you remember it better. And so one of the best ways to learn is going to be a uh, teaching someone, teaching someone else. So you mentioned tutoring. Uh, one of the best ways for you to retain that information is after you hear the concept, you ask your tutor or friend or study buddy or whatever, if you can teach it right back to them, even though it's a, it seems like a waste of time. It seems so silly. You, we just literally talked about this. We're talking about it again. Yes. And you teach it back to them and have them correct you if you get anything wrong. That is one of the best and most powerful ways to learn quickly and become an active learner. So that I just want to highlight that because when you mentioned tutoring earlier today, I was like, oh yeah, that boom, active learning. Like you got a tutor, like have a conversation with them, try to teach it back to them. That's going to be something that's going to help you just retain it faster. And there's more, there's more to this that I can talk about on stream. Sure. That's all. I just wanted to, I, I remembered it that we wanted to talk about it a little. Um, otherwise yeah. I'm good. Thank you again for your time. No problem. Thank you for coming on. I think this is, uh, this is really great uh, talking to you. I think a lot of people will benefit from this. So thank you again, Comrade Panda, uh, AKA Siri. Thanks again for coming on and I'll see you in the stream. Absolutely. Thank you. You guys have a good night. If this podcast earned it, please consider leaving a review on iTunes. We're new to the podcast space and we will be reading all the feedback. Also, if you like the content, follow us on twitch.tv slash Tomination Time and keep notifications on for when we go live. Feed your brain, feed your body, and we'll see you next time.